0: This episode is brought to you by Odyssey Mushroom Elixir. Odyssey contains 2,750 milligrams of lion's mane and cordyceps functional mushrooms that have been shown to increase brain function, mood, memory, and boost energy.
1: With Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, there's no need to settle for a drink that's full of chemicals and empty calories. The flavors are delicious. There are caffeinated and uncaffeinated options, and I love to use it as a mocktail at parties, as an afternoon pick-me-up. And while I love all the flavors, my favorite is the Sparkling Dragon Fruit Lemonade. If you want to try Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, you can take 20% off your purchase today with code CWPODCAST, all one word, at OdysseyElixir.com. And all of that information can be found in our show notes or on our link tree on Instagram. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And
0: I'm Allie French, and this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories
1: and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these
0: journeys, and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness, and empower you to feel your absolute best.
1: And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of Aegis Wellness. We have a wonderful episode with Sierra Sophia Mercier where we're going to talk a lot about conscious conception and her journey and Sierra is a dear friend of mine and we yeah I'm really excited to have this conversation but before we get into it we are going to do our weekly updates as we always do and Ali I have um a content self-care update because we know reading is so important to my self-care.
0: Yeah. What and is
1: it? <laughs> I've I mentioned over the summer, my my future sister-in-law, who is also a dear friend, um, my brother's fiance, Laura, kind of got me back into the world of fantasy books. And so with her over the summer, we read the ACOTAR novels, which are A Court of Thorns and Roses series, highly, highly, highly recommend. And she had been telling me to start reading a book called Fourth Wing. So that is my content update. It's called Fourth Wing. And I think they're turning it into a movie. And I think it's a pretty big fantasy book of the moment because I think I'm again late to, to this book, but it's really good. So if anybody has read Again, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir if you're into this, but if you read A Court of Thorns and Roses, Fourth Wing is so good. I'm halfway through the book. I'm so sad I have to work today. I'm sad I have a social life tonight. I do not all I want to do is finish reading this book. Um, but what's really exciting is the it's the first in a series and the second book comes out. Um, it'll be out, it comes out November 7th and this episode is out November 8th. So the second book is coming out on Tuesday and I'm really excited. I haven't been like the Akatar books I read are from like 2015, 20, right? Like they'd been out. So I got to kind of binge them. I don't think I've been in a book universe since, um, Harry Potter, where I had to like wait and buy the new book that came out. So, I'm excited. I'm nervous because I, you know, have book boyfriends now. My boyfriend, like my <laughs> husband. I'm like I literally said to my husband as I was reading I was like I think I found my new book boyfriend. Um that's really funny. It's really good. Yeah, and whereas the a Court of Thorns and Roses series was a little R-rated, I'm halfway through and this this seems pretty, you know, it it, it it's hunger games-esque I actually never read Hunger Games I didn't see that I Hunger didn't Games either movies. so so but people tell me that it's Hunger Games esque. so it's like it's kids in like a military college in a fantasy world like training for with dragons and, and the whole thing but it's really well written so I think it has like that Hunger Games war element to it um, because it's like young kids and in, in battle but it's great. And honestly, it's like the healthiest escape. Reading is so a part of my self-care. Um, So if anyone is looking, I know the holidays are approaching. People might be going home or traveling. Um, Court of Thorns and Roses was great. And now I'm in a fourth wing and I'm probably when this air is going to be ready for the second book. And yeah, it's really great. So that's, that's kind of my update. And I know you have more of a wellness update, like a more uh, stereotypical wellness update. So Allie, um, why don't you share with us what you're enjoying this week? Well, we recently received
0: um, the rings from Thermometer, which is a company, it's similar to, like there's other brands that you can wear these sort of, I don't know, they're kind of like tech rings. Um, And Thermometer specifically focuses on women's cycles. So if you are wanting to understand your cycle better, it takes your uh, basal body temperature. So that's great. If you are trying to, um, you know, practice birth control and want to really understand like when you would be in a fertile window at your ovulatory range, or the opposite, if you're trying to conceive also just having that information, Um, the basal body temperatures are pretty accurate way to determine when you're ovulating. Um, So just to really understand your cycle in that way. And also it tracks sleep. So that's something that I've been really kind of excitedly looking at every day. Like how much quality sleep am I getting? What is the amount of hours that are deep sleep? What is the amount of hours that are light sleep, et cetera? Like when I, when was I awake? Um, So pretty cool. Just data to have, and you only have to wear the ring at night Um, charges on a little, USB charger, and then it automatically syncs to your app. And the nice thing about that is, if anyone's ever done like BBT temperature taking uh, with a thermometer that's linked to an app, you always have to take it like right before you get out of bed. Like you don't want to do it before you get up or go to use the bathroom because that can change your body temperature. So, having the ring on, it's a lot easier just to sync to the phone you don't have to remember to like stick your thermometer in your mouth before you do anything (laughs) else. Like, you know, I like when I get up in the morning, I just like want to use the bathroom and not think about it. So, um,
1: that was the hardest part because when I went off, I went off the birth control pill in 2021 and I Mm -hmm. did. So we use, you know, like I chalk my cycle for birth control now and it was so annoying to use the the thermometer. Because you do, like, you're so tired. You can't do anything else like you're saying. So yeah, I'm so, I'm excited. I actually haven't tried mine yet. I'm so grateful that they were gifted to us, but I, I'm i charging mine right now and I can't wait to sync it up to the app and try it too.
0: Yeah, and if anybody's interested in trying it, we do have a link. We'll add it into the show notes and we need to remember, we'll put it on our Instagram too. Um, and it does seem to, I think, like, I don't know off the, um, track of my head, like what, um, the costs of other brands are, but this one is only one forty nine for the technology, which I think is like a little bit more affordable than some can be. So if this is something of interest to you, again, we will link it and it comes with a free app. And then if you wanted to like upgrade the app to have it do more things you can, but you can get all that basic information from sleep to, um, body temperature, et cetera. Um, Yeah. With the free version of the app as well. So that's my update. That's my little like wellness update. And so far so good. So, um, yeah. And just make sure you, if you're interested, choose the right ring size for you. Um, (laughs) and they give you different options. So we have a great conversation with Sierra today. Should we get to the
1: episode? Yes, let's do it. So today we welcome to the podcast, Sierra Sophia Mercier. Sierra is a former competitive figure skater turned actor, producer, author, and mom. She and her husband were the first couple to win the not dream wedding sweepstakes in 2013. They dedicated a portion of their honeymoon to volunteer work, which inspired them to create an online travel series called Love Set Run, encouraging people to make their travels altruistic. Sierra is also an award-winning floral designer, artist, poet, and adventure athlete. A practicing Buddhist for over 15 years, Sierra is passionate about life, the planet, and helping people bring out their best, most loving selves. Her guided workbook, How to Attract Your Cosmic Love Partner, is available on Amazon on November 11th.
0: On this episode, we discuss Sierra's personal background, journey in life, and in love, and we have a beautiful conversation on her experience with conceiving her baby girl and talk about her practice of conscious conception. We hope you enjoy the episode, and you can connect with Sierra on Instagram at Sierra Sophia Mercier or through her website, SierraMercier.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts
1: or Spotify. Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first order at Saqqara with code XO Courageous. We have been big fans of the company for years and the Saqqara Life organic meal delivery program is based on a whole food plant-rich diet that includes fresh nutrient dense and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks you need a refresh or don't have time to meal prep. They
0: also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward, bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism, super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakara cookbook full of plant rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit sakara.com and use code XO Courageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now, on to the episode.
1: So Welcome, Sierra, to the podcast. We are so excited to have you here. As I'm sure I mentioned in the intro, um, you're such a wonderful friend and I know you, so I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Um, So to get us started, can you share a little bit about your personal background and how it led to the work you do now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just thank you both so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here and be a part of it. So I grew up in Sun Valley, Idaho and I I was a competitive figure skater and I became really serious about it at a pretty young age and so by the time I was 16 I decided to move away from home and move to a training center and really make skating my full-time job. I always had the goal and dream of going to the Olympics. So that that was my you know, my tunnel vision. And that decision, of course, came along with a lot of challenges, um, especially when it came to wellness (laughs) for my health and wellness. I battled eating disorders and disordered eating and a lot of um, mental challenges as well but back then, you know, people didn't really talk about that kind of stuff. And I was really on my own when it came to learning how to nourish myself. And I didn't always make the best choices, but during that time, I also dealt with a lot of injuries and I found myself at one point with injuries. So painful. I was, I was crying myself to sleep just because lying there in bed hurt and During the day, just to get through my training, I was self-medicating with over-the-counter drugs and really pushing the limits as far as what I should have been even taking. And also at that time, my figure skating coach took advantage of me sexually and really kind of psychologically manipulated me and um got me to fall in love with him and do things that I shouldn't have been doing, especially as an elite athlete who was training full time. So fast forward to um today, I guess you could say, I I feel like I went on this this journey from being somebody who ultimately attracted men that that didn't value my life because he wasn't the only person that physically abused me or mentally abused me in, in ways that I felt like eventually I started a Buddhist practice and that woke me up. That gave me the awareness to see what it was that I was doing to attract this into my life. and. I, I really awakened to the value of my life. Um, I was in my early twenties and I reflected on why do I keep attracting relationships like this? And I realized, Oh wow, I don't value my own life. And so that was really the first thing that I decided I wanted to transform on an inner, on, on the inner level. During the first three years of my practice, I feel like I finally got myself to a place where I felt like I I understood the immense value that I bring to the world, to life, to a relationship. And I believed that whomever I ended up with was gonna be the luckiest man alive and not from this egoic centered place of I'm anyone special, but it was just like, whoa, I was awakened to my true value. Mm. And I feel like that was the key that allowed me to attract people into my life that were then valuing me back. Mm. And I met my husband so... Mystically, I, I was living in Idaho at the time, but I had set my sights on moving to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career because my figure skating career ended due to an injury. And then, you know, I went on this whole, like, who am I self discovery? And interestingly enough, that's when Buddhism came into my life was like the perfect timing. So I was able to look at my life as oh what what's possible now as opposed to what I've lost. Mm. And um I discovered my newfound passion of acting because it was so similar to skating. It was just like a seamless transition and I made the determination to move to Los Angeles in 2011. But I tried to move probably for maybe even five different times that year. But every time I, I tried to move something got in the way and it got to the point where it was September. And I was like, if I don't set a date, I am never leaving. (laughs) So I picked my lucky numbers, 11, 11, 11. And I just said, no matter what's going on in my life, I am packing my bags and I am moving to LA and I had lined up a temporary living situation for landing there and I thought, you know, maybe I'll have a one to three months to find this perfect place that I was hoping to find. I'd been chanting for a year to manifest the perfect one bedroom in Santa Monica with our washer and dryer for under a thousand dollars a month in a safe neighborhood. So <laughs> you know, I was the beginning of my Buddhist practice and I really believed I could manifest anything. And I had you know, outlined my entire one bedroom apartment. (laughs) And the day that I arrived in LA, I found out that my temporary living situation had fallen through and I had to find a place immediately. So I unpacked my altar and I took this one bedroom I had been crafting for the past year and I literally chucked it out the window and I just started chanting that I would find the best place for me, whatever that was. I don't even care if it was a roommate or a sublet or you know, where it was really. I was just like, whatever's the best place for me. And the following day, I came across a Craigslist ad looking for a roommate, and, and it really stood out to me for a number of reasons. So I answered the ad and it ended up being this young man who was renting out his apartment or his uh, guest room. And I came to see the place. We really hit it off. He told me he was even raised Buddhist, which I thought was really interesting. And um, and then a couple hours after I I viewed his apartment, he messaged me and he was like, you know what? I have a good feeling about you. What do you say? You want to fill out an application and meet with my landlord. I said, yeah, sure. So I did that, found out I qualified. And two weeks later I moved in. And during those two weeks, we just got to know each other as friends. And by the time I moved in, I already had a full-blown crush on this guy. (laughs) (laughs) If he doesn't make a move in two months, I'm making a move. But I didn't even have to wait that long because it was the it was the second day that we were living together. The landlord came over and gave us the six-month lease to sign and fill out. And as I'm signing it, he um he goes, Oh, by the way, you just signed a lifetime lease. And I was like, Whoa. Okay. And you know, I turn the page, sign the next page, and he's like, Oh, and your firstborn child. And I'm like, trying to act like this is normal, right? (laughs) And that night we just got to, got to know each other more. He, you know, we shared our art with each other. He'd shared some of the films that he had made and he's an incredibly talented um, photographer, videographer. I mean, when Andre has a lens in his hands, he is just like a, a master. (laughs) Um, But we, I shared my figure skating and we exchanged music and then he leaned over and kissed me. Wow. And that summer I had read a book by Steve Harvey called act like a lady, think like a man. There were a lot of things in there that I thought like, Oh, interesting. Take good to know some of the things I didn't resonate with. But one of the things that stood out to me was to, just be upfront with what you want, what you desire with a man. And, and so right then and there right there. And then after he kissed me, I said, I'm at a point in my life where I want a relationship. And so if that's something you don't want, it's totally fine. I think we're good enough friends. We can laugh this off, but we need to stop right now and I'll go back to my room. And he was, taken a little off guard, but we, it opened up a dialogue and we talked to each other about where one another was in life. And, um, and even though he hadn't been single very long, he, uh, he just said, yes, I want to make this work. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I still think I should go back to my room. (laughs) Um, But a week later I came home and he had written in red rose petals on my white comforter. Will you be my girlfriend? And I said, yes, of course, we were already living together. (laughs) And three weeks after that, it was new year's Eve and we were at a rave and it was shortly before midnight. And he, he leans into my ear and says, Sierra, I don't know how I could ever leave you. And then I was like, Ooh, okay. And then he said, Sierra, I love you. And I turned around and I said, I love you too. And, and it was like this explosion of love just erupted. And we, to this day, call it a love (laughs) explosion. Um, and we just knew that night we would spend the rest of our lives together but the most one of the most profound experiences of my life happened the following day and it was new year's day and i just burst into tears for eight hours straight i was sobbing uncontrollably and he just held me no questions asked and it was just like this damn had broke and it felt like lifetimes of, of tears that needed to come came. And it was all with the feeling and the the notion that I found you again. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I could see in the cosmos, our souls reuniting and it was like this big, accomplishment wow and it was happening again and it and, and it could really feel cellularly that our our lives had maybe been separated for many lifetimes but we had decided you know we'll find each other again and here we were and we did it wow <laughs> it was um it was incredible and nine months later we got engaged and then shortly after we got engaged i signed up on thenot.com like a lot of newly engaged people do all things wedding and right after that they had sent out a mass email saying um enter to win the not dream wedding sweepstakes and one lucky couple would win this wedding package to be married in Bryant Park in New York City on Valentine's Day. And you just had to submit a video saying why your story is so unique and romantic and why you should win. And I was like, Andre, we're perfect for this. We have to enter. And he was like, no one ever wins those things. And I was like, come on, let's just do it. So we made an entrance video and um, you know, felt really confident that that we would be finalists. They were gonna choose four finalists And um, the knot called us and they said that we were their fifth choice. And if anything were to happen to one of the other couples, we would get their slot. And I was a little disappointed because I thought, oh, our story is so unique, you know, and we had this great video um, and Andre was like, don't give up. Like I have a good feeling, don't give up. And so I, of course, chanted about it. And the next day the knot called and they said, we reviewed your tape and we really like you guys. So we decided to change the rules a bit. We're going to have five finalists. So congratulations, your finalists. And then it came down to a three-day vote and the couple that won or the couple that earned the most votes in three days won the entire wedding. So we just campaigned super hard. Andre took work off. We were up every day at 6 a.m. Like we did this major grassroots campaign. Meanwhile, other couples were getting on the news and had were from Jersey. So they had New Jersey Shore um, reality stars tweeting to vote for them. And we were like, ah, but um, our grassroots campaign paid off and we found out we won this entire wedding and um what was so mystic is that bryant park has an ice rink in it every winter and so i got to give a skating performance at our wedding which ended up being the highlight of my career wow <laughs> full circle like yeah it's totally full circle yes well, thank,
0: thank you like just just to chime in for a sec. Thank you so much for a sharing. So like openly about your journey to this place where you're now sharing like the love, would you call it a love explosion that you had with Andre, but just like sharing so openly about, you know, some of the really difficult stuff. And then also how it was like through deep realization through your Buddhist practice as well, that you created first it sounds like just listening back that there was this sense of really value for your own life before this was able to come into it and deep um whether that's like how you however you want to call it like self love i know erica calls it that as a part of her own journey sometimes but Really, and I and I can relate to that too, because I think most of our listeners know we actually Erica and I also practice Buddhism. So we can deeply relate on that level. But this like, idea of like that self-transformation um prior to the environment sort of manifesting that deep reflection of how you value yourself and therefore how you can be valued by and also value others is really like your story is really. A beautiful example of that, um, and so I love hearing that you actually you guys won this, and that it also came full circle as Erica was saying with the with the figure skating, because in a way, as you've described, it's like that was this initial love that drove you to um, to really apply yourself in this way that, yes, was deeply challenging. It sounds like it, cre- you know, there were a lot of painful parts of it. But, you know, there's something inside of you that from a very young age loved that to pursue it. So to have that be a major part of your celebration of romantic love, but also of your own, you said, like your own career in as a figure skater, I think that's that's just a really cool The way those things combine for you is is really. Just a very beautiful um, sort of moment, culmination.
2: Yeah, thank you for that reflection. It's so true that I got to celebrate those two loves on the same day, on the day that everyone celebrates love, you know, Valentine's Day. It was just amazing. like another yeah, it, love explosion.
1: Yeah, it's so, I mean, and you're right. It's like, who wins those <laughs> kinds of sweepstakes? I mean, to have this dream wedding, you know, it's just, it's really, it's really cool. And your love story with Andre is so. It could be so like, cool. it, you guys should make it into like a Hallmark movie.
0: You
2: know I that, know. right? I oh, know. Oh gosh, it's on my to-do list. Oh, <laughs> really <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. And I mean, there's so much that we want to cover with you today because now too, you have a beautiful baby girl. Um, oh my God, this baby girl, Raya is, she's everything. I'm lucky to know her personally. Um, and we'll get into all of that too, because you have a really cool conscious conception. And I think a lot of your journey too is so conscious, right? Like this, these experiences that you've had. And I'm curious to just maybe to back up a little bit as well for anybody listening, because I feel like, you know, even myself included, our stories are not dissimilar in that, you know, finding love for me was a, a self-love journey, truly, you know, and learning how to love and value my life. And, you know, you had been on your own since you were 16, essentially, right? And um, so, Can we maybe talk or unpack a little bit about, I know we all have a shared Buddhist practice and you've mentioned that helped you, but can you maybe unpack a little bit about that work in like loving and choosing yourself too?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like I mentioned at the beginning, I struggled with eating disorders and disordered eating and, um, just really not loving my body either. Um, so much judgment over my body as a figure skater there's such pressure to look a certain way and um so yeah i had to tackle that aspect of my life and um and then i also did not have a good relationship with my mom growing up um you know as a young child sure but as a teenager my my both my parents struggle with alcoholism and um that was a really huge hurdle in my life and has has been um and so I had a lot of anger in my life to to transform as well and it's not like this it's like a you know a mountain of i feel like self love is like Climbing Everest, <laughs> you know, it's a huge journey, and it happens in small steps. So it can start with, um, with just choosing to eat healthier or make healthier choices as far as your nutrition goes. Um, it also is how do how do I treat my body, and that can be like through exercise. Or um, even even to this day, when I put moisturizer on, I really try to make that like a self love moment where I'm I'm loving my body and I'm telling it how much I love it because I have I'll tell you I have sent so many negative thoughts to my body for so many years and um, I'm I'm tired of that I'm really and I also see the f- i feel like i carry weight on the areas that i highly judge and so i've seen a connection between those things um and so oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i just
0: want to ask you can i ask can i i'm just curious like the judgment because it's can be so ingrained in us about let's just even just focus on like about our own bodies for a second, let alone other things about ourselves. But if you, or I guess in, you know, how did you start to change that judgment cycle? And even now, if you feel yourself judging, is there something that you do to sort of
2: change or like consciously redirect that? Yeah, that's such a great question. And like I said, the Everest, it's like this continual unfolding journey. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I'll ever get it, you know, or just be so enraptured with my body, but I hope so. I feel like um, chanting definitely helped because it raised my life condition. So I was already just, just a happier individual and, and being happy. I was able to be less judgmental of my, myself and my body. And then, and then falling in love. Like, I know that sounds cliche, but, um, beyond the, the idea of romantic love, like, I don't, I don't want to paint this picture that it's romantic love that heals, but it's just love that heals. And, and that's really the message that I, that is in my book and that I want to help Bring to other people is that love is the most powerful energy in existence. I came to this realization one night. I just realized, like, love has no boundaries of time or space. Love, uh, you can have love for somebody across the planet, you know, and and doesn't matter how far the physical distance is or. Or anything, and and love is this universal language that everybody, everything speaks to the the trees, the plants, the animals. You know, we all uh, we all speak the language of love. And so, even though romantic love for me was the catalyst that like opened me up to the power of love, I found a found a way and and in my book I I talk about a way to harness love in in as a cause um harness harness just the power of love as a cause to bring the effects of romantic love into your life.
1: Yeah. It's really it's it's interesting you say that too because when you were talking as well about like right like small tangible steps towards cultivating self-love, right? Be it the way you maybe decide to eat or take care of yourself or moisturize your body, you know, I was thinking too, when you were talking about that, I think, I think the people we surround ourselves with too, sometimes is like, um, a reflection, right. Of how we love ourselves. Um, at least for me, it has been, um, in the sense of for better and for worse, because I think, right. Like you're saying this, this word love that I know we're going to continue exploring, you're talking about your book and your baby, <laughs> all the bees. Um, you know, there's so many, I think there's so many different types of soulmates that we can have, right? Like there's romantic soulmates, there's um, you know, if you are into like woo-woo stuff, there's twin flames, there's um, you know, karmic soulmates, but there's also, I think, right, like you said, like friendship. I a lot of my some of my closest friends, I truly believe are my soulmates who we have done this life together many lifetimes as well and and I think you can harness that harnessing of love that act of self-love it's like looking around at who who's in your environment and who right like because I think sometimes and it, it can be really hard to do this but if you look at the relationships in your life that you right like we you know we're born into our families, you know, but but in terms of our romantic relationships, our friendships, I think a lot of times people can see patterns, right, that continue, but it's like you're the common denominator in a lot of those patterns. And I think taking kind of that responsibility for how we love ourselves and who we're attracting. I mean, this is really deep, deep stuff, but um, yeah, I think our platonic relationships can bring in tremendous love
2: into our lives too, if they're, they're healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can use the, the view from your room to cultivate love. And that's really what happened to me when I was 17 and I was living away from home and I was dealing with my injuries and my eating disorders and my abusive coach and my alcoholic mother and my suicidal friend and, you know, just like no one of course diagnosed me as depressed, but I, I really saw was living in the darkness of life and, um, and I was sitting in my room one day and I was like, okay, I know what I don't like about my life. What do I like? And it was the view from my room in that moment and it just looked out into the forest. So I meditated on that and I just watched the cute little gray squirrels chasing each other and the beautiful bright blue jays flying through the trees. And the fog was really thick that day. So I watched the wet pine needles dripping with dew. And, I was calling myself an atheist at the time. I I was raised kind of like really relaxed Jewish. Um, (laughs) We didn't go to synagogue or anything, but um, I experienced anti-Semitism from even friends. And so I was just like anti-everything. Black is my favorite color. I listen to emo music, you know, I write dark poetry. and. Um, that was me <laughs> believe it or not but um, this this interaction I had with my view of, in the forest really reawakened in me this profound appreciation for nature and in that moment I I experienced a breath of fresh air enter my body and this, idea came to me that I didn't believe in heaven or hell, that I believed we experienced the best of things and the worst of things in life and that it's here with us. And then it was five years after that came to me that I was introduced to Nichiren Buddhism and was introduced to the concept of the 10 worlds, which is the idea that there's 10 different worlds or states of being that we are experiencing at any given point throughout the day and heaven and hell were two of those ten worlds. And it was this like, whoa, other people believe that and there's a practice around it. So um, you know, it was very easy for me to understand this Buddhism because it was already in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You had experienced it. It's it's interesting. It's like you you sort of believed it before it it formally sort of came to you. Um, I can relate to that as far as the life states. I think, and I think, I don't know, I have friends who were drawn to the that practice and when they learn that concept, it just makes so much sense because it's very practical. I mean, we do experience those things and like we can experience the depths of suffering, hell, quote unquote, right now. You know, we can also experience like, the most sort of high elated um, understanding of our kind of our bigger purpose, ourselves, and, you know, in Buddhism, we call that our Buddhahood, our Buddha nature. But we can and all of them like coexist within each other. Um and that i th- I don't know. I think that's it's like a really fascinating thing because it explains it explains how we all can have very, very different perceptions of the same sort of um, experiences at any given time and how a lot of that's like the inner the inner work we want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about btr nation btr is a female founded food brand that is on a mission to end mindless snacking with their protein bars with a purpose btr bars and chocolate truffle cups are plant-based and made with no gluten no dairy no soy, no added sugar, no corn or rice syrups, no GMOs, no natural flavors, no sugar alcohols, no stevia, no inflammatory ingredients, and no gums or fillers. It's the cleanest label in the category. They only use ingredients that you can pronounce and adaptogenic
1: superfoods like reishi, lion's mane, and cordyceps. Ali and I love BTR bars and always have them in our cabinets. I am currently loving the cinnamon cookie dough energy bars and the cherry dark chocolate truffle cups are my favorite sweet treat founder and owner Ashley Marie found inspiration for her brand in an unlikely place at an unlikely time at the hospital cafeteria. When both of her parents were diagnosed with cancer, her life turned upside down as she became their caretaker and her own nutrition began to suffer. Ashley was devouring protein bars when she could, as many of us do, to fit in a meal or a snack. Most of the bars she quickly discovered were filled with sugar. After her parents passed away, she founded her bar brand based on their family mantra, Be Bold, Tenacious, and Resilient, B-T-R.
0: If you want to try BTR bars and truffle cups, you can save 20% on your order with code Courageous Wellness at BTRNation.com. You can also find this link in our show notes and Linktree on Instagram. You know, I'm curious as you were talking about this and, and about like developing this conscious kind of awareness to your own life and and then around love and this experience of, you know, in your in your particular journey, the romantic life, love bursting open a lot for you. um you know, Erica mentioned earlier, you also have an experience with conscious conception. and I think it's interesting because we've done a few episodes this year um from a more sort of like, Biological standpoint on how we can support ourselves in any sort of hormonal phase in our lives. But one of them we did was around the trying to conceive um, period of time that many people go through or want to go through. And I, you know, if you're open to sharing, I think our audience or many people in our audience would be interested in hearing this idea of like moving into conceiving um with with consciousness in, in more than beyond of like i know we need to try to conceive in this window and my lh levels and things like that like the kind of the mindfulness or spiritual component to that that you brought to it cuz i think a lot of people can it can bring up a lot of fear and uh, have a lot of stress around the experience which is, you know, something that a lot of people strive for in a very, like to have a very joyful experience around. So would you be open to sharing a little bit about
2: that with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. So I, my husband and I had been married for nine years before we even decided to start a family. It was something that I was, very scared of, to be honest. I wasn't even sure if I wanted children. And that was a whole other inner journey I had to go on to understand what are the blocks in my life that are preventing me from wanting to start a family or that, you know, cause me to put up a wall every time my husband brings it up. So I had to do a lot of continued inner healing in order to even come to a place where I'm like, okay, yes let's do this. It's happening this year. And I had just, but I had also just known that if I were to ever, ever do that, ever start a family, it was very important to me to create what I conceived of as a conscious conception ceremony. I wanted to go somewhere special, beautiful, and make it this conscious conception, ceremony where we, um, we invite a soul into being that wants to make the world a better place that wants to contribute to world peace. Um, I personally feel like the planet is really quite overpopulated. We don't necessarily need more people, but we, we do need more people who who have the mission of wanting to transform our planet for the better, that want to make this place better than, than they found it. (laughs) And so, um, that was really my idea behind it. And I also did something else, um, that I called my youthful freedom list. So about three years before we started a family, I crafted a youthful freedom list, and it was all the things that I wanted to do and accomplish before starting a family. So I've just been really intentional about that because I think it's a huge deal. I think people enter into having babies way too uh, nonchalantly. It is the biggest decision that you'll make in your entire life. It is a complete, uh, I don't know. It's like going through a portal and entering a completely different world. And so for me personally, I just wanted to be as intentional about every step of the way as possible. And, um, so when Andre and I decided, okay, let's do it this year. I pulled out my youthful freedom list and I was like, okay, what, you know, I didn't quite hit every single one, but I was like, what is something that I must do? My non negotiable, you know? <laughs> and it was swim with whales. <laughs> I was like, I have to swim with humpback whales before we start a family. So we, made that a part of our conscious conception ceremony we took a trip to french polynesia which is where the humpbacks give birth to their young and um we just took this really romantic vacation and made it all about connecting with each other connecting with the planet and um, nature and swim swam with the whales and created a ceremony around conceiving our first child. And, you know, I feel like everyone is entitled to make that their own, their own ceremony. What does that mean to you? Um, And for us, it was just having a dialogue with each other. And before we made love and um, a dialogue with the universe and, and just, really asking for what we wanted. Um, and when it comes to the whole biological side of things and the, you know, where are you in your cycle and ovulation? When I told my doctor that this is what my plan was, she basically laughed at me and was like, well, it can take a year to get pregnant. And she just thought I was just, too dreamy woo woo, I guess, you know, she didn't really think it could happen like that. And I had been a had had an IUD for 11 years, <laughs> 10 or 11 years. So, um, yeah, she was just like, oh, you know, come talk to me after you're pregnant. Like, um, blew me off. And I was like, no, I am so, um, I just believe so deeply in this, this plan of mine. And I also leading up to that trip, um, used my Buddhist practice to set further intentions and really get my, um, my whole body in this, in this state of openness, open to receiving. That was my, my word receive. I just felt like I needed to um, set the intention that I am open and ready to receive a child. Uh, I I believe so deeply in the power of our thoughts. Our thoughts speak to the cells in our bodies. And so I was priming my body from the very beginning to, to just be ready to conceive. And then I got my period on our trip, even, you know, like that was, oh my God, it was, it was like two weeks early or something. I was like, um, I don't know. It came and I was like, oh no, but I chose to just trust. Like I trust my body. I trust the timing of everything. And, um, my period w- was pretty short. Like it, it, um, Came and left, and also I was introduced to the Jewish concept of a mikvah. And um, for those of you who don't know, uh, a mikvah can can be um, it, it could be very traditional in the sense that a woman goes to a specific pool and has a specific ceremony of cleansing, but it can be interpreted however you want. So. Um, I created my own mikvah ceremony and the idea is that a woman runs to the mikvah. So I, I ran to the sea <laughs> and, um, and I got in the water and you're supposed to, you're supposed to be naked, you know, how not have anything between you and the ideas between you and God, but, um, whatever that means for you, I, you know, I took my swimsuit off underwater. And I sat in this lagoon overlooking the island of Tahiti. And I, you know, the, you would, would dunk, you dunk three times under the water, your head, and then you're supposed to go make love. And this is supposed to happen four days after your period ends, and then you're supposed to get pregnant. So that was what I was told. So I I was there in the lagoon and I was about to dunk and I just realized like, this is, this is me washing away a former self. This is me consciously choosing to let go of my previous self and step into the role of motherhood. And, um, so with each dunk, I imagined letting go of my previous self and my single free, freeness, you know, (laughs) not single romantically, but just like the, the freedom as a, (laughs) that you have before you start a family. And it was very emotional. And then, you know, then we had another ceremony and I ended up getting pregnant, you know, the first try. So (laughs) I, I just believe so deeply in the power of of that you know you yes you can do all the tests and tracking and everything but most importantly is is your own intention with yourself and your body and then also to make it bigger than yourself and and intend to call in a soul that is going to contribute in a positive way i
0: love Mm -hmm. that
1: also think it's really cool that in this story you are like in your thirties, right? Like well into your, your 36. Yeah. And so I just think that's really, um, right. Like you did it in your own Sierra way and so consciously and spiritually and other people may go more, you know, like there's no right or wrong way to do this, but I think it is really, it's, it's an unbelievably, crazy cool story that you were 36 years old and your doctor was like you're crazy and you get your period on the trip and right like everything that would show you that like well but you weren't swayed like you weren't deterred you were like no this is what's going to happen and um it's really it's really beautiful, and even I mean, so much of your story is full circle. But as you said, you grew up like sort of Jewish and experienced anti-Semitism, and then a mikvah is part of your conception mm-hmm. journey, right? Like it's just, you know, and I think what's so cool about you, Sierra, as as somebody who loves you, and as, <laughs> as somebody who's listening to your journey again right now, is you're so true to yourself and you live so authentically and you're so right. Like, you know who you are and, um, you know, like you said, it took nine years into your marriage for you to want to decide to conceive. And so, um, I actually want to ask you too about, um, you mentioned, right. You had some blocks, right. Before you decided you wanted to be a mother and you had this, beautiful list but you had to let go of some of the items right on the like you had to find out like well what's the most important part of of this list for me and um as somebody who just turned 35 and does want to have children but is actually like i'm so scared to to like you know enter that i do think i have some blocks um right now but so i'm curious selfishly and i'm sure some of our listeners can relate to that but can you maybe talk a little bit about that process of Um, releasing those blocks and letting go of some of the things on your list that you felt like you had to achieve before you had this, this conscious conception. And I also want to just say, sorry, because your baby, baby Rhea, she is pure love. Like that baby is, is sunshine and love. And I've never met a baby like Rhea. So just as somebody who knows to add to your story, like that, that soul that came in was, you know, like wants to be on earth more than any baby I've seen. So, um, yeah, anyway, back to my question. We want to take a quick break from this episode to talk about today's sponsor, Ned. If you have listened to this podcast, then, you know, I struggle with anxiety. When I first learned about CBD being a natural and powerful solution to anxiety, sleep disorders, muscle pain, headaches, and so much more, I became very passionate about finding the best source to put in my body. Enter Ned. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is USDA certified organic extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Paonia, Colorado. And I use the products daily to support my anxiety and it has been so helpful in everyday life. These products
0: are science-backed nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. Right now, we are both really enjoying Ned's brand new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp. And check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health, and cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Ned's quality also really speaks for itself. Ned's products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time
1: guest on Courageous Wellness. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. A direct
2: link can also be found in our show notes. I'll I'll get to your question in just a second because you just reminded me of something I really wanted to share, which was to bring a baby into the world where from the moment of conception they have this feeling imprinted in them that they belong, that they are are chosen and welcome and um and wanted, you know, desired. So,, um, I think that that's really just such a gift that you can give the future of humanity. Um, we can we can talk about that again later. I'll, I'll get back to your question. So, um, so yeah, my blocks, well, one and the in the list, one of the things that I had felt that was so important to me and why I waited so many years was I really wanted to have a successful career um before starting a family. I wanted to have a career that was defined and um and self-sustained and my mother is a successful businesswoman. She's had a a florist, a flower shop for over 50 years and so i saw you know this successful businesswoman and as a role model and so i was like i want to have my career established too but that didn't happen for me so that was something that i had to come to terms with uh, another thing was um i saw a trauma therapist and because some of the things we you know we can't figure out consciously yet. Um, but this was this realization was something that did actually come to me through chanting um, a couple years before I conceived, but it was in this therapy session that it was solidified. And that was the idea. so in the in the therapy session, was our first session. It was over zoom. And I told her I had this block when it came to starting a family and she placed this figurine in front of the camera and it was a wooden sculpture of a mother holding a baby. And she said, um, you know, what does this bring up for you? And I immediately got emotional and I knew right away that I wanted to be the baby that there was something about my childhood, and maybe it was the fact that my mom was a successful businesswoman, that she couldn't really be entirely present for me as a baby. She was busy. And so she, you know, she was an amazing is an amazing mother and and did her very best. Um but yeah there was something in my childhood that led to me feeling like i didn't quite get the mothering that i wanted and so um i realized like wow i want to be the baby duh how can i want to have a baby if i want to be a baby <laughs> yeah. so yeah no i
0: mean thank you for sharing that like that alone it's interesting interesting like doing that exploration work about your own sense of sort of like I I don't know if identity is the right word but like how even we that sort of like subconscious of like how we want to identify and I think you know it's interesting I think you said like you made a good point earlier where people especially like generationally I think used to just like become parents because that's what like you did and they did it super young and um Oftentimes, and there was like less consciousness around all of it, even just like two generations ago, or you know, one generation ago. And and I do think you know, maybe it's a gift of our generation where there's been more space and time for us as adults to be able to reflect on a lot of this stuff and. You know, you sharing that you did some of this work, like, and you started even years before you moved into this idea of conscious conception, it's um, like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's good for us all to sort of hear that we can, because I feel like sometimes there's this sort of external pressure for timelines. And yes, we're dealing with biological stuff, but like more and more of that is getting you know, studies are happening now. Women are having children later, and you know, there's even there's been recent studies where egg quality can improve, like based on epigenetics and external factors, and like the way we way we support our bodies, it can improve over time. So, which is not what we've been told. Um, so, this idea that you kind of like gave yourself space to do this for yourself before you moved into this um, place of conscious conception and also releasing the things that you just spoke about too, like those blocks and releasing this. I feel like it's another level of releasing the doing things because we feel like we're supposed to do them in a certain order. And it doesn't mean that, that's something I've been exploring too. It's like, it doesn't mean that, you know, we all have different timelines and we all have different missions at different times in our life. And it doesn't mean that you might not actually feel the way that you wrote down about wanting to feel about your career. You may feel that way at some point, but it may just, you may be able to experience that as a mother as well. And so like giving ourselves, I think your story is just like a good example of giving ourselves space and grace at different times to kind of explore what we need to and um and let go in that moment what we don't, what we don't need to cling to anymore and um yeah so that's all it's just a reflection on that thank you yeah and
2: and yeah. now I, I look at the fact that I if I had an established career and I was needing to be on set so much more and um away from my baby more you know it's really Rhea's fortune that I didn't establish my career or have this this successful career before she was born it's her fortune that I'm more available and I get to give her what I didn't receive and when when we when we do that we're also reparenting ourselves. We're able when we're able to give our babies what we didn't have that heals us simultaneously.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, you it's just it's your journey is so beautiful. And I think now is a good time too to talk a little bit about your book, because I think it's kind of full circle again, as to everything we've been discussing. So can you tease a little bit about um the book that you are working on and writing that will be released very soon.
2: Yes, thank you. Um it's really exciting. Hi uh in 2020 I you know I side note I, I don't really like this term I received a download um <laughs> because it's it's just overused but it really felt like that it was like 2020 the world stopped and everyone had this great pause to reflect. And I feel like I received a um, a message that I needed to write this book. Um, it's a workbook. So it's a workbook on um, how to attract your cosmic love partner. And I just basically compiled all of the things that I feel like worked for me and that led me to attracting my cosmic love partner so it's um yeah there's journal prompts and and things to fill out within it and, uh, I feel like I have multiple books <laughs> in store. You know, I've definitely got to write a book on conscious conception at some point. So that's not part of this book, but what is, is just getting you ready to receive the the type of love that you deserve. And, um, that's what I want to, I want to help women with. And I also have a, a coaching practice. I work one-on-one with women and I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't worked with a man. However, a man has had success finding his wife with my book. Okay. (laughs) So it works any which way, manifest, woe manifest. (laughs) Love is love. Love is love. (laughs) Yeah,
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're excited to um, have it available and we will link it for our listeners um, so that they can buy it and use it if that's of interest or like for this phase in their life. That's um, I'm sure, I'm sure we have listeners probably very interested in that as well. And thank you for sharing your amazing, beautiful stories of love with us today, both like self love and romantic love and love for your art and love for your family and your baby. And so um yeah, it's really sweet. Um and as we wrap up, we always ask all of our guests three wrap up questions. So the first one is at this phase in your life, um, what is your daily self-care look like? And do you have any daily non-negotiables for yourself?
2: Yeah, my um my daily non-negotiable would be my chanting practice. I wake up, I make a coffee and i sit down and chant and to be honest with a baby it doesn't always happen like that but pre-baby i mean it was like clockwork you know i make my coffee and i go sit down and i chant and i was chanting anywhere from an hour and at times two hours in the morning um, to prepare my body to receive a baby so um, I was very intentional about it. Um, and, and like I mentioned the, just being present with my body, if I'm putting lotion on and daily self-care to me also looks like nourishing my body with healthy, whole, organic, as much as possible foods. And, um, I went through a whole journey with vegetarianism. I was vegetarian for eight years and I experimented with veganism, but I ultimately came back to a, a, I don't want to say meat-based diet, but I reintroduced animal protein, but I had a really hard time doing that morally, consciously. And so that was a whole other inner work that I did, but, um, you know, coming to this realization that If I believe I can transform my own karma, I can transform the karma of, of everything I eat as well. And making that a conscious act, I, I, I vow to whatever spirit or animal that I consume that I am going to use their life force in order to make a positive difference in the world. So, um, that's part of self-care for me as well. It's just having a conscious relationship with my food.
1: That's really beautiful. And, um, yeah, Ali was like a dairy-free vegetarian for many years and incorporated. I was dairy meat back. Free also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she incorporated me back as well, um, through listening to her body. So I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to what yes. you just shared and that's so intentional and beautiful too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, very cool. I also think just before I get to the next question, like just, there's so much, um, coolness and like, like full circle-ness in your whole story but I think you saying like you had all these blocks to conceiving and you nine years right it took you to decide you wanted to have a baby and then you go to like chanting two hours a day to like have this baby like what a transformation of self too I just think that's really cool because even myself listening and reflecting it's like we go through seasons and then the seasons changed and now you're In a different place and now you are a mother and it's just cool to hear these stories of it isn't linear and it doesn't have to look one way is is really cool so anyway the the second official question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you
2: ah being courageous to me means choosing love in every moment we are really given an opportunity at every moment to make a choice how we wanna respond to somebody, how we wanna uh, react and and what we choose. And when we choose love, we are truly being courageous because um, sometimes it just is easier to lash out or to blame others or feel like it's the other person that is wronging you or causing you suffering. But um, when we can be still for a moment and look at ourselves and be like, okay, what is the conscious thing to do here? Conscious response or or what's a response that's going to create the effect of healing or the result that I really want. And um, when we choose love, we're always gonna win in the end. Um, there's a, a really neat, uh, there's a really neat exercise you can do. And I learned this from the Hoffman process, which I'm sure you're both familiar with. And anyone who's listening, that's not look it up. It's an, I, I actually did that while I was pregnant. I did the Hoffman process during pregnancy. So that's, I highly recommend the Hoffman process to anybody, <laughs> but, um, the exercise is called recycling. And let's say you have an experience with somebody and it didn't go well. The communication didn't go well. You maybe ended up in a fight. You can go back and sit with yourself and find where in your body that like ickiness sits. Is it in your throat? Is it in your gut? And you pull it out. And you, you know, you rub it between your hands and you transform it into this ball of glowing light, of, of light energy, and you place it back in your body and you allow it to heal you. And then you call forth your, um, your highest self, your spirit self, and you relive the whole experience, but from the perspective of your highest self and how does your highest self respond in that moment and you really see like oh there is a way to respond with more love and then you you recycle that whole event and you can pre-cycle too if you know you're gonna have a have a major talk coming up with somebody (laughs) you can have the talk in your imagination and picture your highest self how does your highest self respond in this conversation and then try to integrate that into your real life. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's
0: a good exercise. Um, and then the last question we have in addition to your own books, and you actually mentioned one earlier too, but is there any book recommendation that you have for our audience? It can be truly on anything, just something that's meant something to you
2: throughout the course of your life. Oh gosh. I've, I feel like I've read so many amazing transformative books, but I have to say that the first book I read after I was introduced to this Buddhism is called the Buddha in your mirror. And that is a, a big part of my story and, um, my wellness journey. So I just, yeah, I have to say the Buddha in your mirror.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Sierra. And if anybody wants to
2: find you, follow you, buy your books, where can they do that? My website is sierramercier.com. And I'm on Instagram at Sierra Sophia Mercier. And my book will be available on Amazon, How to Attract Your Cosmic Love Partner. Thank you so much. Thank you again. Thank you so
0: much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every
1: Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.